Here comes Milwaukee. Forbes another three. Oh no! <laughs> this is the Random Scrooge Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all to a very special episode of the Random Scrub Heat Podcast on the final day in the waning hours of Black History Month. We welcome on the chairman of the Kang Gang, Ricky J. Mark, to join me, LJ Cascon, your host as always, Hatek Harrison, and the Thunder from Down Under. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us and making your long-awaited debut onto the Random Scrub Heat podcast. How do you feel? I feel vindicated, uh, justified. Um, it, it's about time. Uh, it's ironic that on a day that technically doesn't exist for most of the, you know, most of the time during the decade that I would show up here, that I would be granted an invitation to diversify your ranks. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad I can contribute to the ending of racism around the world that's fantastic and it's well said because like you said february should have been over already right wow that's crazy hold on wait a minute bonus day wow wait wait a minute bonus it seems like you happy that this that this month is almost over i don't know i'm happy that we got a bonus day it's the exact oh okay 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 so you you thought that's a whole 180 you thought we were 360 and we're stopping halfway you got it flip-flopped i'm happy we have a bonus day Mm. the same way that i'm happy that the Miami Heat have won nine of their last 11 games. Look at that segue. That's called a segue, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching on the YouTube or you're just listening on your phone. It's time for the WeCap. We've done the WeCap like, in a little bit, right? I wanted to point out something very quickly before you keep going, LJ. Oh, no, no, surely. Go right ahead. I, I'm just going to interrupt. That's because that's what I do. But if those of you who cannot uh, join us with the, uh, the aid of video today... LJ is sporting a pickleball club green, oversized green and white jumper today. You got a problem? It looks terrible. You, well, you good good really... thing my fashion sense isn't directed directly towards what George likes. It's, we need to change it. It's too big. It's a look. It's, it's too big. It's comfy. Hey, it's, it's, it's oversized and then there's this mm-hmm. what this is. You're not going to be critiquing another man's wardrobe in front of Ricky J. Mark. I'll tell you that right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Call it. Call it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Terrible. Nope. nope. Get That's crazy. It. Resume. That's crazy, George. That's crazy. Yeah. Watch it, George. We don't need to be out of pocket in the first two. See, it's three minutes. We haven't talked basketball. Thanks to George. I'm going to change that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, last episode, I was upset that the Heat did not stand up for their players against the Boston Celtics. They sure stood up against uh, for their players against New Orleans. This is our first pod since the All-Star break. Um, since games resumed after the all-star break, I should say. Um, and the heat, they heard what I said and they, uh, they, they stood up for one another granted standing up for Jimmy Butler, you know, the heart and soul, the leader of your team is a little bit different than Duncan Robinson, but the point remains, it fits my narrative. I'm going to roll with it. They've actually stood up for themselves against every team since the all-star break, actually being undefeated as we're recording right now, while they are uh, down by two to the Denver nuggets. So game withstanding, Prior to this, they were undefeated before the All-Star break. That does include a, a tough Kings team where Miami was undermanned, but that's, I mean, that's like a Patton and Spo sicko game. We all saw that coming. They had a whole bunch of players suspended from the New Orleans fiasco, which was also a good win in of itself. New Orleans and the Kings back-to-back, those are two really good Western Conference playoff teams that are going to be in there in the playoffs, 
whether it be playing or out of the plan, they're both out of the plan right now. Those are good wins. On the road against the Kings, without Jimmy Butler, Bam took over. Bam had a great game. I know Sabonis had a you know, a blah, blah, an eye roll, triple, double, whatever. They're empty stats to me. I, I, I'm i not a fan of Sabonis. I'm not going to tippy-toe around that. I'm not going to pussyfoot around. I just wanted to see Ricky's eyes roll up as soon as I said it. Those in the YouTube, more reason to watch the YouTube. You'll see Ricky's reaction to that. But then they played, uh, you know, so they, not slouches, right? New Orleans and Sacramento on the road, good teams. Then you play this other team's championship. I say that because Portland doesn't really know what a championship is supposed to be. They don't. They played Joe Cronin, his team. They had him in the first half. They had me in the first half. I I had a list of tweets ready, locked and loaded, but they didn't. They withstood the storm. But however, I will say this. I will say this. Allow me to read a verse from my Blazer Bible, if you will. And it goes, through it all, Cronin told himself, Eliminate the emotion, the frustration, the fatigue, and most of all, Cronin implored upon himself, don't settle. Do not let yourself settle. That's verse 413 of Cronolitions. That man is a fucking Oompa Loompa. Um, he is disgusting. I'm happy that they lost in the fashion they did. I'm happy that we got to hear, hear Let's Go Heat Chance take over that arena. And uh, before we um, attend to that segue that I just said with the Oompa Loompa remark, how do you guys feel that the Heat have been playing lately? Because is it all smoke and mirrors for you, or is it really feeding into the, well, it's put up or shut up time, things are getting tight in the Eastern Conference race, the Heat have climbed up to fifth within a game and two of, of fourth, what we kind of talked about on last week's episode, Ricky, I want to start with you. Are you buying into the momentum that the Heat are currently on, or is it just kind of, you know, roll the eye, shrug the shoulders to you? Give me one good reason why I should buy into the same thing, the same movie that we see every single year since LeBron James left his franchise. I mean, of course we're going to see this. Just when you think this team is going to bottom out, Ayo, um, and become a lottery team they go on a streak that makes it hard for them to compete for a potentially franchise changing player in the draft and then they get just good enough to end up in the play-in where if they climb through the rounds it's obviously a difficult path and through some miracle it happens it's not because they're inherently greater it's just for whatever reason the basketball gods are delighting in this sort of thing. I mean, they gave LeBron, they gave us LeBron James for four years. So I guess this is them collecting on that debt. And so it's just like, all right, yeah, you're going to get him for four years. He's going to go back home and then LA and win a couple more championships. But um, we're going to, we're going to have you become basically a treadmill team, a glorified treadmill team every year until your front office decides to actually make a home run play. Um, and until that happens, have fun threatening to play in the play-in every year and calling a culture. I mean, go for it. And the culture it is. I also wanted to set the stage as well before we hear from Harry and George on this topic. I forgot to say, 
as I mentioned, they are playing Denver and they are undefeated are the heat since the all-star break. A loss in Denver doesn't count to me. I'm not counting it as a loss because you're going to lose in Denver 10 times out of 10. If you're the Miami heat, that's, that's the way it's been for it has been written that way. That is how it shall play out. And that's just, you have to accept that. That is reality. Accept it. Harry, I want to go to you now. How do you feel about the recent stretch of Miami heat basketball doing anything for you? I mean, it's an impressive bounce back for them because, you know, we were kind of like that seven game losing streak was pretty horrendous. So the fact that a lot of the success has come on the road, the Heat are a pretty good road team this year. Um, You know, I think that's been helpful to what they're trying to do. The defense has been great. That's kind of really been the turnaround for them. Um, The defense has been really, really good during this stretch. Um, I think I saw, we're probably going to jinx it now. It won't happen tonight, but I think they had held like 14 straight opponents um, under their scoring average in 14 straight games. So uh, I saw that. I think that was a stat from, uh, from Leif Sylvander earlier. So number one defense as well in the yeah, league been, in that stretch. Listen, that this is going to be their bread and butter. We're not expecting this team to score a ton of points. They're not built to like run people out of the gym. They're built to kind of like uh, make them uncomfortable, tough, uh, force them into tough shots, and then, you know, do enough to win the game. So if you would have asked me what they needed to do on this road trip, and again, this is stretching back to a little before the All-Star break, I would have said four and two. So, you know, even if they don't get the W tonight and they're five and one, it's been a good trip. And they have the opportunity to, you know, try to get as far up the standings as they can. Um you know, I'm not sure where it makes the most sense for them, but avoiding the plan I think is important. I don't know why people think repeating last year would be a good thing. Like, just like the last two seasons, this Heat team is kind of, it's not just that they haven't, you know, they haven't matched up well with the team they lost to last, which is usually why you lose, but they've gotten tired. You know, this is, this is an older team. They're depending on, Jimmy Butler to do things that he's been able to do for a series or two, but either hasn't stayed healthy or just is not able to do that for three or four series and asking someone to, you know, be superhuman for that many series at his age is kind of just an unlikely thing. So I feel better about the prospects of like, I was saying this on a spaces with Royal. It was either, I think it was yesterday. Like I'm not really worried about anybody in the East. Like I think that he can beat anybody in the East. Um, but in terms of like winning it all, and I still feel the same, like it's going to be, you know, there it's going to be cut short again, unfortunately. And it's just kind of like, it's easier to watch the games now if the team's playing well, obviously like if Jimmy, you know, if it's, if it's Jim VP time and, you know, Bam's playing well and they have a starting lineup that they can trust and depend on, which basically at this point, it just means that Duncan Robinson's in it. Cause um, they've been successful when he started. What a turnaround that is for you to say though. Like yeah. just well, turn the calendar back one year and that would have been blasphemy out of your mouth. Now it, yeah. it's just true. Well, okay. Let me speak on that for a minute. Cause I was getting a lot of like kind of people were trying to rehash my Duncan Duncan take something that I had never said. So essentially like all I said was Duncan Robinson, the deal they gave him that, that the heat gave him five years, 90 million at the time, the largest undrafted free agent contract ever. 
was a bad trade. And like that's all that's all I'd said. That it just like was not uh sorry, a bad contract. And it was. For two seasons, Duncan Robinson was virtually unplayable at a time when the Heat were close to contending and he was replaced by Max Struess, who was an undrafted free agent, making one-seventh of his contract. So those things happen. He wasn't good for two years. So the fact that he's suddenly either both playable or like the Heat's most defendable player or possibly most improved this season, like whatever you want to – all his – uh, all the things he's done well this year are true. I don't see where it takes away from like the point I was trying to make. And so uh, Twitter is confusing to have arguments. People argue whatever they want without listening to the points that are being made, but gasp. Well, I know, but I just, I, I don't think I was wrong about what I said about him. He was replaced by Max Struess. And he was fun. bad. Like it's it's okay to realize that he, from when you said it, it was accurate information because his game had not evolved. We are now, he evolved his game and we finally saw that evolution late in the postseason last year. And now throughout this entirety of this season, he changed his game. So it's, it's, he's a different player now. So it's like, Oh, look at that. He got better. He actually honed his craft and improved and added elements to his game that were not there that made him that one dimensional player that was worthy of criticism. And now that kind of, you know, it's like life isn't a flat, you know, a flat line. It's like, it's very intricate and players can change and adapt. Yeah. Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. You said that a lot of these wins have been coming on the road, right? Well, wouldn't, wouldn't you play better at, at venues where the fans actually are in their seats at by tip off? I mean, Miami's always going to have an issue with like, I don't know, man. I live in Palm Beach County, so getting down to a game like we're not taking a public transit is terrible. Uh, not that I've, not that I'm late per se, but I'm just saying, like, I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, traffic, I, LA, LA is cataclysmic. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there's like a better. Like the heat, the the heat culture, quote unquote, is like this us against the world thing. So maybe that's just where they like. They've been like a weird home team. It, it's it's very like hit or miss. Like you remember, um, what two seasons ago against the Celtics, like they they lost three home games against them in w- in which they got eliminated and won. Yep. You know, obviously they lost Game Seven at home. So not, yeah, not even LeBron could make them show up on time. I if you go back and you look through games, yeah. just you'll see LeBron like in 2013 when they were winning like 60 plus you see him at the start of the first quarter, a sea of red in the lower bowl. It's like, nice. Yeah. I think it's more, it's just like a, it's a, it's a cultural thing because I think like I went, I had a stretch of going to games back then. Like I think I saw like 25 games over a three year stretch where the heat never lost. Mm. And so I'm just like randomly picking games, and that's like that's how good they were with LeBron. They just like rarely, rarely lost at home. I miss that. Yeah, so it's just like it's just a different perspective. But I think I don't know. I, I just get frustrated with like all this. You deal with fans who are like, you can critique the team, you can critique the coach. Like I think Spo's one of the best. He makes mistakes. So people who are like Spo doesn't make mistakes, but he should have played Duncan Robinson. It's just like. 
hey, man, like he did what he thought was the best thing for the team. The guy wasn't performing up to the level they needed him to. And they sat him down for two years. So now that he's good and they need him because really they don't have another guy that can basically um, provide the gravity, provide the shooting, provide the cutting that he's been doing for them. Like, yes, now they need him. Now he's good. And now I can admit that he's, he's not trash, but like he was bad. And I think that's kind of like, I think that's the, that's an, that's an overarching, like, macro issue with this team is that they've had opportunities to make moves they've sat on their hands and they, and they thought they had enough and they didn't they until lost. recently yeah right right so now it's like now they make a move because they were almost like they were forced to kind of with with both like where the cba and where the where the tax and where these things are going next year and how bad lowry was both on the court and as a as a teammate personality for them like they were forced into a move. And so now you're like, great, they made a move. They had to do it. But also, why didn't we do this two years ago? And so that's where when you ask me, like, how do I feel? Listen, man, I, I want to be able to watch the games and not get frustrated. <laughs> so I'm working on that personally. But in terms of like, do I feel much better about them, their chances of winning at all? No, because I still think the same issues. They, I still think they have matchup issues with some of the better teams. And I yeah, think speaking it, of that right now, um, yeah. I just watched um, them put Orlando Robinson on, on Jokic. So that the fact that Orlando Robinson's in the game in and of itself is, is despicable. There's really no word in the English language that can describe what him being on the floor in a meaningful game against the Denver Nuggets. It doesn't exist. Culture. And the fact that they're letting him guard Jokic, the best player in the world. Hey man, I said this game didn't count and I'm standing by it. George, how do you feel? You look absolutely defeated, demoralized. I don't know. I'm watching the game live and it's just, it's so that explains it. It's utter stupidity is what it is. They play with no, they they don't, they don't look like they want to be there. They don't look like they want to play. They want to go bam. Every time he gets, doesn't get a call for him or gets a call against him. He's just throwing his arms around. Just upset, tired. I just look. This just looks like a big baby, and it's annoying. But I don't. Know, is it is it growing pains? Is it is it is it the fact that you know they've been on the road for so long? Is it what what could it be? Honestly, like you're getting. I don't know. Maybe it's just an off game for him. He looks. They just the whole team looks disinterested, which has been the story of of the heat much of the season. What are they going to grow into since? I mean, let's 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 play with this growing pains theory. What are they going to grow into? Something better than this with this roster? I, I, I don't. A lot of them are young. Knows? They got to mesh. We got to give them no, eighty, I, ninety I, games I, to mesh. I love. Oh I love yeah, that's fair. Thirty-seven percent from the field and thirty-one from three. Like that's. Can we throw? Can we grow into a team that shoots forty-two percent from the field? Is that a possibility? I don't know. We'd be winning the game if we did, but. Oh, so instead of the eighth seed, the seventh seed. Oh, we're the fifth seed, which we're going to slide down down to the seventh seed again. Good times. You're, you're only a half game out of the fifth seed where you were sitting before this game started. Meanwhile, now, the Garden. I want, I want to shift focus a the little bit. The Garden's in a worse spot than the Heat. Who is? I can't even lie anymore. I can't even lie and say that's true. It's just, it's just very untrue. Ah, I said the Garden. Is in a worse spot than the Heat. Bold. And I 
I might just be talking about the stadiums. I'm not talking about the state of the team or the state of the draft picks. <laughs> okay. Or, or anything else. What we're going to do now, um, I feel like we all kind of want to talk about this, or at least we can educate George on it. I'd be amiss if, uh, if, if, if we didn't speak about the incident in Glasgow. Um, just, just an absolute travesty. Ro- highway robbery. Just mentally scarred children. I'm, of course, talking about the Willy Wonka experience. Now, you see, George, do you know anything about the Willy Wonka experience? I, I have n- no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Harry, do you do you want to lay the lay get a lay of the land here? You want to kind of paint a picture? Sure. I've been following the story on Twitter for I think a few days now. Um, essentially, they set up like they sent out flyers in Glasgow. They were like, "Come to this interactive Willy Wonka experience." They did like an AI poster. You know, it looked magical, a way to get the kids to come and enjoy enjoy their day, bring their parents. Um, I think they charge like 35 pounds, which is a lot. 45 American dollars. Yeah, 45 American dollars. Um, it's not that much for a ticket. Is it for a movie? <laughs> no. So oh. essentially it was like they rented out a warehouse and there was like a dude they hired to play Willy Wonka. He said the script was like 15 pages of AI gibberish. Um, a poor, uh, a poor Scottish woman who's become like, they've all kind of become infinite infamous now because the Oompa Loompa was, herself has been, become a very sympathetic character. In all yeah, she was an Oompa Loompa and her, I saw she kind of like kind of spoke for two minutes on her um, Instagram or whatever. She was, you know, she's just trying to make the kids happy because this, this experience had nothing. <laughs> they gave kids like a couple jelly beans and a glass of lemonade. Um, there was like nothing there. It looked like an abandoned um, like mini golf course is kind of like what what it looked like. And then you have obviously videos of the parents who were like, this is insane, but trying to have a good time for their kids. So. It was just like a big ripoff. Wait, hold on. Um, LJ, did you see the actual AI poster with like just words that made no sense on them? Sweet teats. Sweet teats. Sweet That's right, Ricky. You heard that correctly. They were advertising sweet teats. Treats. That's what they meant to say. It's not what it said. It Okay. So that that's a bit of the picture for you guys, for our listeners. They... Sold I've just, I've a just dream seen... and delivered a nightmare to these children. And that's not even the scariest part. The scariest part was that you're walking through this experience. You see, you know, a Walter White Oompa Loompa cooking crystal meth in front of children. What you've seen, If you've seen a picture of it, that's the picture you've seen is the Oompa Loompa sitting there with puffs of smoke around her and scientific laboratory equipment on the desk. And it's, it's beyond anything that I could. It's really cool that children get their own fire fest. That's really funny to me that children get their own fire fest now. The craziest part was in the script because it's AI generated, like Harry said. They created a villain, an antagonist, if you will, for this event. And his name is the Unknown. He is this sickeningly dis- disturbing looking creature. Silver mask, long flowing hair, and he lives in the walls. How do you get 
an antagonist. If you type into an AI generated script to be like, Willy Wonka, right? Write a script for the Chocolate Factory. How do you get an antagonist? That's the picture. For our viewers on YouTube, this is a reason to go watch on YouTube. This is the picture. That's the, the meth-dealing Oompa Loompa. She, she... Come with me, and you'll be... Yeah, that's the thing. If you, if you, The only thing I can think about to, to justify an antagonist being in this event is the one second scene... In the actual original Willy Wonka where they're driving in the boat, right, on the Chocolate River, and it all gets dark and scary and everything, and Wonka scares the kids. That's the closest thing to a real antagonist you get in the movie. And they have this character live in the walls, and it's like a walkabout like exhibit. So you're walking constantly, and the unknown jumps out and would scare the children. Like, it, like it's Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Why the fuck are you scaring your five to seven-year-old audience? On top of all that, the actors, God bless them, they didn't, they have no, they're not at fault for this. They haven't even gotten paid. The actors haven't even gotten paid for their services. It was highway robbery of the highest regard now. And it's George, I want to know your thoughts because you this is the first you're hearing about this. How, what comes to mind? Why? But like it's just one quick it's one word. It's why. Why would this ever be necessary? The movie's over, isn't it? The the Willy Wonka experience should have come out when the Willy Wonka movie came out, which is like a month and a half ago. Yeah, but they're gonna make more Willy Wonka movies because they're not creative and they're just gonna keep they can't come up and this is that's it a peek behind sense. the curtain. I've just, seen the, unknown, I've just seen I've just seen the unknown, by the way. And it looks like um the guy oh, what's the guy's name who has his own podcast? Old rock, the, the super misogynistic guy. You lost me. Pick he's one. like, he, he has his own, no, but he has his own podcast, man. I'm like, Pick one. Fuck. We have our own podcast, George. You trying to say something? Yes, you. Oh man, I look like the unknown. I respect the women, America. Don't just. I respect women. I, it's true. He does. Vouch. A, Vouch. It's true. Ricky, how, how do you feel? Were you familiar with the, the Willy Wonka experience uh, before tonight? No, just the movie and the musical that came out the other day starring um, uh, Timothy, it was Timothy or whatever, Timothy Chalamet and apparently a black woman whose descendants must have been eradicated before the original movie because I don't remember seeing them. Do you? I don't, I don't remember that. That's what's so weird about... You know, when you diversify prequels because you want to be, you know, modern, it's like it begs the question, what happened to them? Like, was there a war? Like what? I don't know. Anyways, um, no, I don't I don't know anything about this. Um, I'm horrified. I don't feel safe. And um, my thoughts and prayers to the um, all those black families that just mysteriously vanished from um you could say the same about Star Wars, too. Oh, yeah. What's his name? He was supposed to be a Jedi, but a bunch of losers got triggered and, you know, force sensitivity. <laughs> and all that. Never mind. Supposed to be. Never, never mind. We were promised retribution. I, I mean, I shipped him in that um, the girl that got bullied off of Instagram. The uh, the one in Rose. the third movie. Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rose. Man, I shipped them heavy. That. Don't get me started. I'm, I'm, are, we, are we really I'm about to? See, uh, I'm sorry. Are we really about to sit here and defend Rose as a character? 
I thought she was cute. That's all. I mean, her character is fucking stupid. That's great. That's great. I still shipped them. I thought she was cute. That's all I got to say. It was hot dog shit. There's no 50 50 about it. There's no, there's no retribution for that. There's no, there's no defending it. The writing was poor. It was fucking disgusting. I think if you want to talk about the issue with the the newer Star Wars trilogy is basically like you had one guy start it, a different guy come in and do the middle movie, and then the guy who probably shouldn't have should stop having access to writing stuff. He's not good at his job. His um, mystery box. Oh, like when Ray and the bad guy kissed. Like what yeah. was? I remember standing up in the theater, like really. Yeah. I can tell you really? why. I have a good explanation for that. Adam Driver vibes. Uh, no, because somehow Palpatine returned. Somehow Palpatine. The best line in <laughs> the history how... of the sequels. Somehow Palpatine has returned. Burn it all. At that point. The cinema sins, I think, glitched when that happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. You want to talk about an AI script getting generated? Look at the fucking Star Wars sequel or trilogy. Wonder Woman 1984. I know Royal feels that way. I but... think... I thought, LJ, I thought this... Um... I thought this Will, Willy Wonka experience is a good is a good analogy to the heat because oh do tell I'm interested because I think like all you know fans are all over the place Ricky kind of alluded to there being like a ton of road fans the last few games there were a lot of let's go heat chants in Portland in Sacramento like heat fans travel pretty well so you got people coming in spending their money but I don't think this team has really like lived up to the hype of what they were trying to do. Right. Like I I've been, I think what's frustrated me most about this team is like, they've had a guy play at the top of his game in the postseason and Jimmy Butler, and they haven't done enough to, to give him help. They, you know, they brought in like AI generated script and uh method. Of reason. And it's not their fault, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not their fault that they're not good enough to provide you know what you need to have a really immersive Willy Wonka experience. But if you're not going to spend the money and you're not going to get like actual props and you're not going to get actual um, guys that fit around your stars. And if you're going to pay all that money, if you expect the fans to pay that money to come see your product in the finals and all you get is a towel, AKA one singular jelly bean and a cup of lemonade, give them t-shirts, give them chocolate. You went to a chocolate factory. Say chocolate. Say chocolate again. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I think that's kind of like. I think that's why we get frustrated, and we're like, we want to put out content for you guys. We want to talk about this team, and like, winning nine of eleven after a seven-game losing streak is impressive, and the way they bounce back, and it's about to be nine of twelve, but still fine. Um, but it's just like, man, they've had a they've had a golden opportunity, a golden ticket, if you will. Um, hey now. To kind of to kind of make this work and and put this together. And it just seems like they've missed opportunities. They've let other teams get better. They've let other teams acquire players that could have helped them. And you know, like we'll be looking around. It listen, it's not what we want to be doing, and we're happy to be wrong if we are, but we'll be looking around in May and being like, eh, could what could have been like five years into this thing, and it's just um yeah, it's just a bit frustrating, like, because there, I thought there were like opportunities to build, to trade, to acquire enough assets so that, like, what I what I don't like happening at the end of these series is being like, oh, you know what, we weren't like, we didn't have enough to win, 
Like, right. That's how we, I mean, that's how we all felt after the Denver series. It wasn't like, it was like something happened or they, or we had a, you know, like a horrific injury or something like we didn't have enough outside of our, of our big, you know, Jimmy and Bam to win. And, and, and it wouldn't have mattered if Tyler Hero was out there either. Like they didn't have the right squad to make it happen. And so they've made some improvement. They've made some improvements around the margin, but I feel the same way again. Like no one's, I don't think anyone's beaten Denver and it's just like, could they have, could they have made enough moves? Maybe. And so I think we're just kind of sitting here like, what, what can they do to get better? And, and there's not anything they can do this year anymore. So it is what it is. You know what this reminds me of, Harry? Oh, my God. I can't hear you. They're selling chocolate. They're selling chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. I remember when they first invented chocolate. So, sweet, wow. sweet chocolate. That, that's horrifying. You know, I have in my hands uh, a stick of deodorant. And not only is this deodorant, it's also called antiperspirant, right? It's designed to keep you from stanking. Now, here's the thing. At some point, if you don't take a bath, this isn't going to help. This is going to cover up the stank for a while, but eventually it's going to stank so bad, this will just add to the stank, and you'll eventually chase people away from you. Me personally, I try not to stank on people, so I bathe regularly. And um, I put this on, you know, when I wake up and I go out and I spritz myself and i have a good time i enjoy myself playing in the snow and it's 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 a matter of practice (laughs) right it's a matter of practice right you you know what this is for you cannot use this for everything though this can't not be this cannot be a substitute for you know good hygiene it's something that you supplement your hygiene with but it's not a replacement for bathing especially when you have access to running water and all that other fun stuff, you know, but this concludes the uh, deodorant section of this here podcast. Harry, are you in? Never mind. I'm not going to ask. Um, I'm in in bed. I told you guys I was skating free pod. Pat Riley cosplay. This is what this is. (laughs) You know what? That's fair. I was going to give you a card for that, but I'm going to leave that alone. No, you got it. Do you have, do you actually have a yellow and red card with you? Yeah, of course I do. He keeps it. It's in his wallet right do there. Do you even watch? Do you, do you watch football? Really? Soccer. Soccer. Really? Soccer. I watch, I, yeah. I watch football. Soccer. I watch football. I watch footy. Okay? And Cricket. I even and I even watch rugby. Union, not league, because I'm a civilized person. Man. Um, that said, I do firmly believe that the rugby codes of league and rugby should be fused at some point. Because, I mean, come on. It's one league. I mean, not league, but it's a, it's one sport. The similarities are enough to where the average viewer won't notice the difference. Let's make it one code. Let's make it a global sport. HB, HSBC sevens are happening in LA this weekend available on NBC. Uh, what is it? Peacock. Yeah. Peacock. It's on the cock. It's hey, yo, hey, that's, that's, is uh, it not? Mm-hmm. All right. Yellow, because it's, it's a factual statement. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't let that slide. That's crazy. Um, no, rugby really is a fun sport to watch. It's it's awesome. It's great, and the women are awesome. Um, Where's my yellow card? That's for what? For what? S- supporting women's sports? No, <laughs> no. It was the twinkle in your eye. 
when you touched on um the sex. I don't like that word. I don't like that word. All right. Well, I don't like that word. I like getting back on topic of uh, the Miami Heat podcast for just oh. ever so slightly. Um, because <laughs> we're, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a lull of the season that we're in now. They're, they're in the home stretch, really, like the last twenty something games. Or a lull. What the fuck did you just say to me? A lull or a lull? A lull. Not a laugh out loud, you a fucking... A lollipop or a lull? Why am I entertaining this? Okay, the, the question that I'm, I'm posing to you guys is what what's the starting five that you want to see? Because the starting five in Portland last night is what we all have kind of wanted. Didn't start so well. Really started well in the second half of that Portland game. What, what are you guys looking at taking into consideration that everybody's healthy? Because for me, it's it's Terry, Duncan, Jimmy, Nico for the regular season, and then bam. Because Miami, when you look at the numbers, Harry, you tweeted it out. that They're on a 62-win pace with Duncan Robinson starting. That's that's a number that you can't exactly ignore, right? Yeah, they're on, they're on a it's 62-win pace. With uh, with Duncan starting 64 win pace when he plays more than 30 minutes, like he's just kind of been, he's been their engine this year. So there's just no reason to continue to den- deny it. Like I'm not sure what their issue is with, you know, they want Hero to be a guy he isn't. But at this point, we've seen Hero play his best when he's off the bench. He's on the team, so have him come off the bench. He's played more confident. So I like that lineup too. And even if it ends up losing tonight, I think that's got to be the lineup. Because then you basically, if the five you mentioned are the starters, and Nico's numbers have been really good. So, like, regardless of what you think of him going forward in the playoffs, like, his his net rating's been great for the team this year. Like, just play him. He's The numbers are good. The defense has been better this year. So let him play. And then you're bringing basically some combination of hero, Jaime, DeLon right now, Caleb, and Kevin Love off the bench. That's a very good 10 guys. Like, And you don't have to really – I don't think you have to worry about anyone's role in that scenario. Um, But the fact that like Hero will come back in two weeks from an injury that supposedly wasn't a big deal, and they'll push him back into the starting lineup, and whether they – bench Duncan again and try to make the the Rozier hero thing does not work. We those we were all worried about that when it it's happened. It's ugly. Like it just it, it doesn't just not work. It well, is like, torture. Well, listen, it's it if if the offensive cohesion of a backcourt worked but the defense wasn't great, you'd say, "Oh, okay, they're working on it." But it's like their cohesion together doesn't work and they're not good defenders together. So it's like how are you helping the team at all with that as the backcourt? And so you're saying the D is weak. It's a weak, yes, of course. You know this. Like it's a weak D. Um no, you insinuated. You yeah, insinuated. Have, come on, I you don't can't, care. I don't care. I set you up and you took the bait. Yeah, I, yeah. That's you should be ashamed yeah. of yourself. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a factual statement. Um, so I just think that like that's it LJ it has to be Duncan has to start. He's a starting two. So pick your guy, Rozier or Hero. We both agree it should be Rozier. And then I like those I like those three, Jimmy, Bam, and Nico, and just make that work. And if again, if they want to swap 
the postseason and put in a different four. You know, I think it's one of those things that would probably switch series to series, honestly. Like, I think it would, it would be matchup dependent who they want in there. But, like... Nico works well against Milwaukee, too. And he just... He works because he works well with Bam. You've always needed a guy next to Bam who can stretch the floor, who can shoot the three. And with... Like, with Nico, it's just... You like his size because he's a dude who came into the league. His height, whatever you want to say, like... He came into the league at six foot nine. He's like six eleven now. Um, he's figuring out kind of how to defend, how to use his length, his girth, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I just think like he's a guy they should probably use more of, and he'll probably play the regular season, and then we'll never see we'll never see him again. That poor uh, man is not stepping foot on the basketball court in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's uh, you're right, LJ. That's the five I want, and I'd like to hear what the other guys think. Um, you know about Ricky has a proclamation. I see. So please t- tell us your starting five, Ricky. Yeah, I'd like to know. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Starting five. Starting five. Starting five. Okay. Um, 2005 Chauncey Billups. I wasn't specific. Uh, this is my fault. Yeah. There you go. You see what you did? Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, 2005 Chauncey Billups won a championship, knows what it takes to get there. Uh, at the five, he's getting we'll there. Go with, huh? You said never mind, nothing. Um, at the five, I'll go with uh, Tyson Chandler, uh, 2011. I see where this is going. Uh, power forward, uh, Dylanello Gallinari. Not a chance. Uh, Chris Bosch, Christopher Wesson Bosch, 2014, before the blood clot, before the blood clots. Um, understands what his role is, understands what he needs to do from deep. And isn't really concerned about anything besides winning. Uh, small forward, uh, LeBron Ramon James, 2013, at the absolute peak of his powers. And at the two... I'll say 2008 Mike Miller. Pretty young, shooting about, I think, 50% from the field and close to that. Is he on the Magic? No, I don't know. He was on the, I think he was on the Grizzlies at that time. The Grizzlies in 2008? I know he went back to the Grizzlies. Either the Grizzlies or the Wizards, because at that point, his hair started growing out. So basically what you're dealing with, you're dealing with Chauncey at the one, Mike at the two, Bron at the three, Chris Bosh at the four, Tyson Chandler at the five, and... um, yeah, we're having a good time. Or, or, or that's lineup one. Lineup number two, um, I'd say uh, 2016. No, no. What about, what, about for the, what about for the heat right now? Who? Which five would you Harry play? said he saw this bit go on long enough. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Um, Present day heat. I would, honestly, I would. So assuming everyone's healthy and mentally focused and everything like that, I would say. Uh, Terry Rozier at the one, uh, Duncan Robinson at the two, uh, Jimmy Butler at the three, uh, my son at the four, uh, Bam at the five. And then so what me and Harry else, said. Yeah, everybody else you bring off the bench. Because from what I understand, I don't know. It might have been you, Harry, that either tweeted, retweeted, posted, or said this somewhere. But if I'm not mistaken, Terry Rozier does very well in terms of either screen and roll or pick and roll. One of the two. Yeah, pick, sure. he was like the second most efficient pick and roll player mm. this season. 
uh, right. when, he, when he's on Charlotte. So when it comes to stuff like that, I think that could really open things up, not just for Bam, but possible positionless rotation of the other three guys on the floor that could really cause problems for the defense. Um, I think that's something that once everyone gets in rhythm and realizes what they're capable of in terms of playing with one another and understanding what each person does, I think you'll be, I think that'll be a lineup that could uh, surprise some people actually Uh, not this year, maybe next year, but either way, they're going to have to get better. I was going to go to George here, but uh... George was offended by my takes. Oh, he's here by my energy. And it it happens for the next five minutes. There is some commotion outside my house. I'd like to go check it out. If it's a fight, I'd like to celebrate because there's nothing interesting that's happened in this country for about five years. So this will be the well, has, it, has it been five years since the last massive Australian wildfire? Oh, God. No, it was the attack of the Wallabies last time. Oh, I, sh- I should have remembered that. It was exciting. But yes. All right. Okay. Well, I was, was going to go to you to see what your starting five was. Uh, my starting five is the same as it was tonight. That doesn't change. If you input Tyler Hero off the bench on this team, they become a fun, uh, night and day difference. Night and day difference to what they're today. You'll be most likely watching this. No, you will definitely be watching this after the, the Denver game. And what you would have seen is a team that was lacking confidence, lacking any sort of polish on their shot, no speed. It was it was horrible. Now, you input somebody who can easily get you 22 off of the bench in Tyler Hero because he is a tremendous scorer. He is a talented, talented scorer. That's not the issue with him. He doesn't play defense. He, he shoots at inopportune times. He doesn't know when to pass to, his, to open players enough. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do enough. Okay, but if you take him off the bench, that kind of mitigates what he the damage he can do. Neg- that negatively affects the team. Big because you choose when he goes in the, the points of time where you need a bucket, you can put him in, and that's completely fine. the The problem is, I I look at this team and say, unless he's willing to take a lesser role for the team, it's just not going to work. And this is broken. Broken record, harping on about it for the last eight weeks. It's the same shit, different day. It just needs to happen. Something needs to happen. You see what happens to Duncan when he goes off the bench. He does. He's not as efficient. He doesn't do as much. He doesn't feel the the need or the urgency to play up to a certain point. He but he plays tremendously well when he starts. Tyler Hero won a literal fucking award for coming off the bench. A literal. He played award. his best basketball of his career. Of his career. Off the bench. Now, I don't care. I do not care about your legacy. I don't care about your ego. I don't care about how much money you make. I don't care. I want the team to win. That's the only thing I care about. Fuck the agendas. Fuck everything like that. You are better off the bench. Start doing it. I forgot who it was yesterday. Someone said, no, it was a Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, and I quote, said, I will do anything it takes to come off the bench. Uh, sorry, to, to get this team wins. I will do anything to be a winning type of player. That is the type of mentality you need to have to have a championship team. Look at what Denver did last year. You had KCP and Bruce Brown have st- the, probably the most in one of the most impactful series of, from any Denver player. Those two were killing it from start to finish. They accepted lesser roles. They did their jobs well. Even someone like Christian Braun, who plays for them, who got drafted two years ago, he had a plays great series. Good defense. Plays very good defense. Does whatever his team needs him to do. Same with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was a starter on Orlando. He's starting here, but he's not. Doesn't have the sort of hype. He's not a first option. He's not even a second option. He's not even a third option. He fights for the. He fights for shots with Michael Porter Jr., 
because there's Jamal Murray and PJ and Nikola Jokic front end. Sacrifices need to be made to win a championship. I don't care about your fucking ego. If you have such a problem with it, please leave. Don't sign an extension here next time. Get the hell out of here. Go play for Charlotte. Take 30 shots a game. I don't care. Go to Rock. Go to the Rockets. Do what Jalen Green did tonight and shoot the ball 24 times. And even though you he lost, already it shoot matter. 24 times. Yeah, well, you know what? Do it. Do it every night. You know what I mean? Shoot the ball 29 times from now on. Keep going. Just don't do it on my team. I think that's actually it's really well said. Honestly, did you? I think it was you, George, that brought it up last time. That quote that Tyler had, where he said, "I don't. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it was along the lines of like, I'm not. I don't love the what do you call it? Like the what he was being asked to do, but it worked, so he's going to keep doing it. Or he was asked to take less shots. It was like, oh, I don't like doing that or whatever. I, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember what he really said. He complains about the uh, the lack of opportunity for him. He complained. He complained about it. He's like, the, uh, no, no. He complained about the closing lineup. I actually like the other lineup better. You know, it was it's better for me. He said, I don't care if it's better for you. No one cares if it's better for you. It's not about you. It's just constant stupidity. I, I like that honestly. Like that's that's a really that's one of the best well said points you've had on this podcast. Admittedly. Um, final thing before we go here, I want to talk about, uh, the standings, a little standings watch. Now, um, we touched on it a little bit earlier. I wanted to get a gauge on your guys's feelings here that Miami has, what is it? Is it Harry? Is it the second or the third easiest schedule remaining? Uh, third easiest, third easiest schedule remaining. And now with Denver already being gone now, I mean, that might, might be a tick, a little tick easier. We'll, we'll see what happens, but do you guys think that they can legitimately, vie for like the four seed even because the Knicks Ricky's not going to like this that minus that win that they got by the hands of the officials against Detroit I guess it made up for them getting robbed against Houston but the Knicks are in a little bit of disarray because a lot of their really good players are out with injury probably until the end of the regular season with about what 24 games remaining now can the Heat make a push for that four seed Harry we'll start with you We'll let, we'll let Ricky wrap on this point. I want him to wrap it up on this point. I want to be the, him to be the last one we hear from. Yeah, I mean, they can, obviously. You know, they're close enough where they can make that move. Four through eight is, like, really compact in the East. I think I think if the Heat end up losing this game against Denver tonight, they're, they'll actually drop to eighth. Like, that's how, that's how close it is. So, like, yeah, of course it's possible. Um, you know, knowing this team and knowing, like, how – you know, how snake bitten they've been with injuries and stuff. Like it's, I, I think you got to split the baby. It's much more, it'd be much more realistic for them to finish at like six. Uh, that's an expression, Ricky, like you split the baby. When yeah. You're... Solomon. I, I know yeah, my history. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know, but you looked at me so strange. Like that's violent. That's because all I heard was the baby. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, that's a wrap. Let's go. But, um, Let's go. Yeah. No. So I think, um, you know, I think, like, yeah, of course they can do it. I just think, like, you know, the Knicks are in a bit of a struggle, but the truth is I think they'll probably figure it out. They're just, you know, once Brunson gets back, they'll they'll kind of get it together. Um, I think Heat will end up finishing around fifth or sixth. I, I think the four seed's a, a little uh, – a bit – like, everything would have to go their way, and it just hasn't been like that in a while. So that's kind of why I say it's not that likely. All right. Well, I wanted to go to George on this for, for Ricky to have the last say here, but George continues to jump in and out. So 
George isn't going to get a say. Ricky, I want to hear from you. Do you think the Knicks can can hang on to that four seed, or do you think Miami has a little bit of an opening? First of all, Knicks and six. That's two. That's one. Second. Have you had any um, history that shows you that you can rely on the Knicks to win in a six game in six games in the playoffs? Eat me. Now, here's the thing. Wait, uh, I think we're at a point now where the Eastern Conference is so volatile at this moment uh, that it could literally it could be anyone's conference. Being the fourth seed or the first seed or the third or the eighth or the fifth doesn't mean that you're necessarily doomed to the ending that being in that position generally suggests. I say this because the Knicks made a few key trades not long after losing Mitchell Robinson and some other guys to injury. They are on pace to get those guys back relatively soon. I'm actually very optimistic about seeing both Randall, who I'm obviously not very high on, and Robinson back this season with actually enough time remaining to get everything together, jive, and, you know, make some noise in the playoffs, especially if they play the Cavs again, which will be hilarious. It reminds me in a way of the 1999 lockout shortened season where the Knicks were actually better than their seed uh, suggested. They just had some injury issues throughout the year that, caused them to slip down to eighth, but they weren't really an eighth seed. Um, they were much higher than that. And it just so happened that they were an eighth seed and, you know, they ran into their tip, you know, their classic foil in the first round and then ended up just sweeping the Hawks. I'm sure Harry remembers that vividly. Um, I'm not too worried. I think it, it, it is going to be a tough stretch, especially if Brunson ha- is hurt because he's been on quite frankly, He's been playing like an MVP this season. Uh, if you compare the stats to certain MVP winners in the past, especially legends in the past, especially at this juncture in their re- uh, respective careers, he's in the room. He's in the room. But I will say this, um, while I'm not too concerned, um, you know, anything can happen. Now for Miami, I think I predicted before the season started that they would be a sixth seed. Um I think I'm going to lean more in that direction. And I know Harry mentioned that the, I think it's like the third easiest schedule with a a team like this, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, Just because they have the third easiest schedule doesn't mean that they're not going to give themselves a hard time and drop a bunch of games to teams that they otherwise should be, because that's just the way this team is. The easy option is never what they opt in favor of. So all in all, I think you're you're gonna see you're probably gonna see both the Knicks and the Heat in the playoffs, and who knows, we might even get either a play-in or a first-round matchup for the both of them. That would be really fun. I would, you know, I look forward to a potential situation like that happening. And uh, like I said before, Knicks and six, Heat it. I will say that we we talked about it last week too, and I said. I probably don't want to play the Knicks in the first round because I'm not worried about beating them. It's I'm worried about being very deteriorated after that series because that would be a physical series. It was George. I don't know what you're shaking your head for. Jimmy the, Butler got injured wait, in on. that series. The the Heat are down two. Down two with with eight, eight seconds, seconds left. left, and Jokic the, literally got fouled in the backcourt and tried and has been arguing for the last five minutes to the ref that he was shooting a, ha- a full court shot. He was. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Who fouled him? He should have gotten this three free throws. Who fouled him? I think it, I think it was Rozier. He's the MVP. Good call. But it's 
Wow. The Nuggets have also been doing this thing the whole fourth quarter where the ball rolls up the court and they have just been like letting it roll to milk more time off the clock. I don't know if they do that like all the time because I don't watch a ton of Nuggets games. I probably should because that's very entertaining basketball. But that's so pussy. That is such a pussy thing to do. That's like 2K levels of garbage that you're that they're doing. But I used to do that in 2K. Yeah, they're not, way, they're not, they're not, one of eight to nine from three. They're not gonna win this. They're not gonna win this game now that uh, Jokic hit those free throws. And no. Plus, just, hey, I'm on record of saying it already. Loss doesn't count. It's in Denver. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know you know, it's a pretty bad offensive performance by the team all around. I'm like, I'm gonna pull up the. Good defensive performance, though. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job. They, you know, they, I mean, holding Jokic to six of 15 is, is very good, but they let Michael Porter Jr. go off. It's just, this is a tough matchup for the Heat and the, if, for size mainly that they're no bigger than they were last year. Pause, Ricky. I know you know it. It, it it's, it's difficult because they're going to get hey, dismantled yo. in the paint. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be able to shoot from outside. Aaron Gordon gets all the rebounds inside. Jokic is Jokic. Yeah, it's, Gordon, I think, like, they, they don't talk about this a lot because it's, like, his role has obviously been re- reduced in Denver, but, like, the Aaron Gordon trade for them was so good. That's, like, exactly exactly who they needed next to Jokic. And, absolute robbery. They, they transformed him, though. They transformed him into the player that they needed. Not, yeah, not, that, the, not that he could That's be. the best player that he can be, too. Like, in that role, he's so used No, but you know what? He could be, he could be like a Paolo Banchero, like that sort of thing. He could he could have assumed that role and played that sort of play. Paolo I don't think people Paolo realize how bad of a shooter Paolo Banchero actually is. I don't think, no, I think people, people really understand how bad of a shooter he is. But, like, yeah. that was Aaron Gordon, too. Aaron Gordon had massive problems sitting down the three in, in Orlando. Came to Denver, limited his chances, but – Made him work on defense, put him right next to Jokic, was able to get easy shots, was a, the best version of himself. You're right. It was the best version of himself as a player in, in, in his career in the NBA. But I love seeing a player go go somewhere and be like, you know what? I'm a great player. I can be, I'm going to be a really, really good player. But I'm going to be the player that this team needs now. You know what I mean? I will say this, though. It's It, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. You like this? This isn't a terrible loss, dude. Because again, it's Denver. That he never played well in Denver. It's a close game against a good team. It's kind of a barometer game, if we're being honest. They played well on this road trip against a couple of really nice teams. You go to Denver. Granted, they're the second out of a back-to-back, so you would have liked to see better offensive execution from the Heat. But you you lose by what four points to the Nuggets? Last four point six seconds withstanding. That's not a terrible loss. They're a great team. I still think they're, you know, they're probably one of the best teams out West. They've done it in the playoffs now. They have that experience. It's going to be tough. Like we said earlier, I'm not going to bet on the Clippers to, to, to get that stank off of them. Because once you got that stank, it's tough to get it off of you. And that organization has had it throughout their entire history. So, I don't know. With that being said, guys, thank you mu- so much for tuning in. Ricky, thank you so much for making your long-awaited debut on the Random Scrub Heat podcast. We appreciate it. We will have you on again. We'll have Royal on again sometime soon, I'm sure. Harry, thank you. George, thank you. Ricky, you want you want to add something? Oh, so you had a black guy on here over the summer, yeah? Huh? Weird. It was a movie pod. We talked about our the worst sequels with Royal. What? Oh yeah, they keep, right, they right, right. They kicked right, me off the, 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 the night where it was like after midnight, and you were like, "Hey, look, come take a podcast at like midnight." When what time is it right now, Ricky? Good citizens are supposed to be sleeping. And you're awake right now. Well, no, but I got something to do after this. All right. You little devil, you.
Thank you guys so much oh, for tuning in. We yeah. appreciate it. Take care. Be good people. Play the video, Harry. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. For three. Oh, my. That was the Random Scrub Heat Podcast.